This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 37 of Go To Grandma. I'm your host and maybe fellow grandparent, Kathy Buckworth. Maybe you're not a grandparent yet, and while our show is geared towards everything today's grandparents need to know about, we also share great fun and facts for pretty much anyone who's ever had a grandparent or wants to be a grandparent. Today's show is moving, or not. Have you heard the term aging in place? Basically, it means that in weighing options for our older years, the decision might be made to stay in the home you currently have for as long as you can. Obviously, there are financial implications, which we spoke about last week with our guest from RBC. This week, we're talking to writer Andrea Yu about an article she wrote for Zoomer magazine about age-proofing your home. It's not even remotely the same as baby-proofing. Don't worry. You're still going to be able to open the knife drawer, but you also might have a stairway assist or other mobility devices and technology installed to help you live comfortably and safely and avoid moving. Avoiding moving house is one thing, but avoiding movement is another. We have to keep it moving, but we want to be careful about it as we can experience balance and mobility issues, particularly as we age. Ask my kids. I've had balance issues my whole life, and I've got the scars and healed broken bones to prove it. Yoga instructor Annabelle Fitzsimmons is going to take us through some basic strength, mobility, and balance exercises, as well as explain how yoga can help with the mindset of aging. And what is the mindset of those who are thinking about retiring? What do they think it's going to be like? And are they doing adequate planning? We talk about the myths of retirement as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. I've had many chats with people who are looking forward to retiring and those who don't think they ever will. Different mindsets, indeed. And now if you don't mind, I'm going to set myself up with some coffee. Grab your beverage of choice and stay tuned for a half hour of fun and facts. It's all coming up next. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Annabelle Fitzsimmons is a teacher, writer, speaker, and mother of two. She has been teaching yoga, meditation, and Pilates to a diverse clientele for the past 20 years. Annabelle is also an accomplished author, freelance writer, and playwright. In 2017, she co-founded MindManagement.com, a digital meditation studio offering mindfulness and meditation tools for busy people. She's busy, but she's joining me now. Good morning, Annabelle. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me on today. I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about balance, strength, and mobility as the topic of our show is somewhat revolving around people who want to sort of stay in their own homes and be careful and take care of themselves. So why is it important for us to work on balance, strength, and mobility together? Well, they all go hand in hand, and I always say you can't have one without the other. So when I'm working with clients, as we age naturally, we have to work a bit harder on our balance because that's mm-hmm. one of the things that go that goes. And as we age, we want to make sure that we're preventing falls or trips or our spatial awareness is challenged a bit more. So working mm-hmm. on balance, It's key for staying stable and healthy. Strength and mobility support that. And uh, yoga is a fantastic way to address all three together. And there are some simple poses and simple sequences that we can do and adapt and modify as we age and according to our, our body's changing needs. So maybe I've never done yoga before. You know me, Annabelle. I've done it here and there. And maybe and maybe some of our listeners haven't done it at all. 
So what are some of the obstacles you see clients encounter as they age when it comes to a yoga or movement practice? Well, I think it, it, a lot of it can be mental. As we, mm-hmm. we think as we age and we feel different things in our joints differently, it's preventing us from doing the things we used to do. And I talk about the mindset of aging mm-hmm. and being open and aware to what, where we are now. And we can't change certain circumstances, but we can work with what we have. And I think having an open mindset to aging, that there's beauty in aging, but we also need to be realistic about our current physical circumstances. And the beauty of yoga is that you can practice it and adapt it to any situation. I mean, I have all-level classes, and someone can't put weight on their wrists and someone can't put weight on their knees, but we can always adapt. There's um, a really good ability to find poses that work for you. So if you've never done yoga before, some of the obstacles that I see are people think, well, I'm not flexible enough, Mm -hmm. or I I don't want to go to a class because if I've never done it before, I might look silly showing up. The great thing is there's so many different types of yoga. And you can always find a type or a style that suits you, uh, whether it's yoga videos that you're watching. Yoga with Adrian on YouTube is fantastic. I have done um, that. I have done yoga yes, with Adrian. She yeah. has all levels. So mm-hmm. finding a practice that suits you and your needs is key. But I think a lot of our obstacles around aging and physicality are mental and, and, and we stop ourselves before we can move forward into something simple practices are great. So finding sort of what we can do as opposed to focusing on what we can't do. <laughs> 100%. Because we there is so much we can do. And a lot of yoga practices are mental as well. So you're getting the medita- meditative aspect as well as the physical benefits. And a simple pose like tree pose, which most people know, even if you don't do yoga, you're standing on one leg and your opposite knee is open and, and your foot is up on either your calf or your ankle and your hands are together in prayer pose. Kids mimic this all the time. Yeah. So a tree pose, it's a simple standing pose that you could actually do in line without putting your hands in prayer position if you're waiting in line at the bank or somewhere. You can just do a simple standing pose to work on your balance. It doesn't have to be a full hour-long practice. But just getting mobility and ease of movement with sun salutation is also another great way. And there are lots of different variations of a sun salutation. They target pretty much every muscle of the body. And I call it an oiling of the joints because Mm -hmm. we need to keep our joints mobile and loose and oiled. And a sun salutation gets us moving, warmed up, allows us to connect with our breathing and be aware of what's going on in our body. So for those who don't know what a sun salutation is, can you walk me quickly through that? Well, a sun salutation is a series of postures. And as I said, there's a number of different ways to do it. Basically, you start standing and then you're bringing your arms out to the side and up above the head in a circle to open up the chest. And then you do a swan dive down, bending the knees if you need to into a forward bend. And that's the start. And then from there, there are different variations. So some of them take you into a tabletop position. Some of them take you into a plank or the top of a push-up position. And you can either go into cat and dog from there, which is arching your spine and then rounding your spine, which is great for spinal mobility. And then you, or you can go into a cobra where you're lying on the floor and you gently push your chest up and you keep your legs on the floor. 
all sun salutations generally include a downward dog, which is mm-hmm. where your hands are on the floor, you're sticking your butt up in the air, <laughs> and your heels, you're in a, an inverted V, really. And then you walk your feet forward and you come back up to standing with a reverse swan dive. And it's all connected with the breath. It's almost like a dance for the body. Yeah. And part of the reason I asked you to describe that, and, and I've done a little bit of it myself, is I think people get a little bit intimidated by, well, I don't know what a sun salutation is, but listening to you walk through, like it's part of a push up, it's a plank. It's, you know what I mean? I think it really yeah, helps people to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connecting moves together. And I like the way that you said, you know, you don't have to launch into a whole hour long session. You can ease into this slowly. I know with Adrienne, the first part of all of her series are like, hey, we're just going to talk for 10 minutes today. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to do yoga today. Tomorrow we'll start the practice. (laughs) Well, and we're also really a key part of yoga and any movement practice is connecting with your breathing. And that's meditative as well. And the focus of yoga is really awareness of your body, your mind, and your breath. So if you can simply sit, whether you can sit cross-legged or not, that's another obstacle I see people saying, well, I can't get up and down off the floor very easily. If you're doing a gentle yoga practice over time, that will make things, that will make it easier for you to be able to do that. And that is a key step to making sure you age gracefully, that you can keep your body getting up and down off the floor without pain or without support. Which is, as you say, yeah, I mean, if we can master, or not even master, if we can get, you know, really sort of good at some of these yoga moves, it's going to help us in our general movement, balance, and okay. strength. And if we want to get more information, we can go to Annabelle J. Fitz on Twitter or Instagram. That's A-N-N-A-B-E-L-J-F-I-T-Z. Thank you so much for joining us today, Annabelle. And I hope people listening will sort of get over the hurdle of yoga is not for me and try out some poses. And, you know, we really just need to, as you say, focus going forward and not worry about what we think we can't do. I still can't touch my toes. Okay. So that's just what it is. Staying present with that, but you still move and you're an inspiration because you're moving your body and keeping mobile and strong. Thank you so much for joining us today, Annabelle. Take care. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Andrea Yu is a Toronto-based freelance journalist who writes about lifestyle, business, real estate, and culture. She is a regular contributor to the Globe and Mail, Toronto Life, and the Toronto Star. And Andrea joins me this morning to talk about an article she wrote for Zoomer Magazine. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you, Kathy. So we're going to talk about your article, which I found super interesting. We've all heard of baby-proofing a home, but you wrote an article about age-proofing your home. So let's start from the beginning here. What is age-proofing your home and why would we do it? So age-proofing your home is about a senior being able to stay in their home instead of having to go to assisted living or another you know, building or facility made for seniors. So it's about making modifications to your home uh, that allows you to safely uh, stay there as you get older and maybe have some more you know, mobility needs or issues. Yeah, so I think we refer to that as aging in place, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've gone through in your article, it's fantastic. It gives all kinds of examples of the things that we can do in terms of products, et cetera. But one of the things we might want to look at is actually doing some renovations. So what kind of renovations would help people age in place? Right. So I covered a few in the article that kind of range from, I guess, more typical or more average, and then we get into a few that are a bit more splashier and more expensive. So I'll start with some that are are more common. So one of the first things that people do is installing handrails Mm -hmm. uh, in their home. A multi-level home, you know, naturally 
stairs do have handrails on them, but the expert that I spoke to who does a lot of aging in place renovation says that most stairwell handrails aren't optimally designed to prevent falls and accidents. So when you think of, you know, gripping a handrail with your hand, uh, he called it the bread loaf design. So you can kind of picture, you know, a wider handrail that you might not be able to hold on to so tightly. So it would be replacing your stairwell rails with um, a more accessible design that allows you to have a really firm grip and a continuous grip. So you don't have to, you know, lift it to go from one stairwell to another, if there's a curve or a bend, um, or say like a support in place. Um, And then you might also see handrails in places like, you know, a garage, a long hallway. Those are all places where having a handrail could prevent a slip or a fall. So interesting. Yeah, because you'd always think, oh, I've got handrails on my stairs. I'm good that way, but we're not probably. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not just about adding a handrail to places where there aren't, but also upgrading Um, an existing handrail to make it more uh, senior friendly. And you talk about grab bars too. What's a grab bar? Right. So grab bar you most commonly see in the bathroom. So you Mm. think about um, being in the shower, you know, lifting yourself uh, up and over into the shower or maybe, you know, helping to lift yourself up from the toilet. Uh, And that is another, uh, I guess, a a type of a handrail, I suppose, because, you know, you are gripping it. You're using it to help balance yourself. And you mentioned showers and accessible showers are a thing that people are looking at as well, correct? Yes, that's another very common aging in place renovation as well. So, again, you think about that typical bathtub shower setup, you know, having to get in and out of a tub can be a a place where some slips and accidents might fall, especially if there's water involved. So you see people replacing their tub with a step-in shower. Sometimes that might be a wheel-in shower. um, Mm -hmm. um, Someone who uses a mobility device. And that is another common place as well that people look to renovate their home to make it aging-in-place friendly. And then I saw on your list something kind of fancy, which is elevators. I'm like, am I a Kardashian? I'm getting an elevator in my house. But it's for mobility, obviously. And so I guess some houses would be, you know, in multi-level houses, this could be a real viable solution. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, elevators aren't as common, I think, because, you know, they're quite an investment. But they are, you know, if you really want to stay in your home, maybe there's multiple people who want to stay in the home. It could be a great investment that allows you to stay in that in that home for a, a lot longer. So there is elevators, which is what, you know, you think of when you're going into an apartment building or an office building. Um, but there's also something called a, a home lift, which is a bit more uh, cost effective. You don't need a dedicated well for it. You kind of just make cutouts into the floor um, and you're able to install it for, say, $30,000 compared to an elevator that might cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and that's quite. And then I guess there's the sort of the stair lift as well that we see advertised on television all the time. Right. Yeah, the stair lift is, um, I didn't look into stair lifts uh, as much in the article, but that is something that is a more cost effective option, you know, just to get from one level to another. And you also talk about outdoor lifts. What's an outdoor lift, Andrea? Right. So that was more so, again, on the splashier end of things. Yep. <laughs> um, but we're thinking of maybe people who live, say, at a cottage full time and want to get up and down from the dock, which might involve a lot ah. of steps. 
or just a long distance. Um, maybe there's, you know, slippery rocks or terrain. So that was something that people are increasingly installing or companies were, were coming out to create these lists. Um, it looks a little bit like an amusement park ride. But I thought you go into, you know, a, a carriage and then you, and it's all outside and you're, you're being brought, you know, from a, a property or a cottage that's up on a hill and then the lift takes you down to say a dock. Oh, it does sound like, it sounds like an amusement ride. I would like that actually right now. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of new products that you see out there, what's sort of interesting to you in terms of aging in place? So I think it's interesting that, you know, traditionally aging in place, people might imagine uh, items looking quite institutional, you know, ugly, or very obvious that they're being used for mobility, you know, for for seniors that need trouble. Right. I have trouble getting around. But there's more modern designs coming out that really blend in with a home quite nicely. And they don't kind of shout out to you that they're they're for mobility needs. So you mentioned handrails before and that's a good example where a handrail can just look, you know, aesthetically pleasing and modern. Maybe it's made of metal. And the great example that I found with grab bars uh, was a company that was making grab bars that were kind of disguised or had multiple uses. Um, for example, perhaps it was a toilet roll holder, but, it, you know, it ah. a nice curved top that could also conveniently be used and, and was built and designed and can be installed to support, you know, 500 oh, pounds of weight. And then we see that also, say, like a shampoo shelf in the, the tub. So similar thing. It has a round handle or a rim around it that can also be used as a grab bar. But, you know, if you had a guest or a family member who wanted to use your washroom, they might just see, oh, it's a shampoo shelf. It's a shower caddy. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that's great. As you say, sometimes we don't want to always be obvious with the mobility aids, but putting them there where anyone can use them, guests included, is, isn't a great idea. Yeah, and I think that also increases um, adoption and the use of mm-hmm. it, too. You know, some people might be hesitant to install these devices because they don't want to feel maybe the shame around mm-hmm. having to use them or need them. Um, and with products like these, I think it makes it uh, a lot easier to adopt that. And then you also get the bonus of, you know, preventing those accidents and falls and that allows you yeah. to stay in your home even longer. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we don't have to abandon home design entirely. And Andrea, I really appreciated this article. I learned a lot from it. And if we want to see more of your articles, we can go to your website at andreau, that's yu.ca. Thanks so much for joining the show this morning. This was wonderful information. Great. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Okay, take care. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Rick Lowe's is joining us again to talk about getting ready for retirement. Rick is Vice President of Retirement Strategy at RBC. He leads RBC's ongoing efforts to provide seniors with the financial advice and services they need to enjoy the lifestyle they've earned. Rick and his team work with national survey firm Ipsos to conduct the RBC Retirement Myths and Realities Poll, which surveys Canadians aged 50 plus and who are nearing or in retirement. And Rick is with us today to share some more insights from this poll. Welcome, Rick. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to focus on calculating your income in retirement. And I got to say, your latest poll findings of me wondering if I will outlive my savings in retirement. Were you surprised to find out how many Canadians approaching retirement are anxious about running out of money during the retirement years? That's really a great great question, Kathy. And let me share for your your listeners what we did find out at first, which was that 
about 83%, obviously the large majority of people that haven't yet retired said that they, they're concerned that they save less than they think they'll need. And almost a third of those think they're actually going to outlive their savings by 10 years or more. Now, uh, obviously, that's quite high levels. I don't know if I'd say surprising because I actually think it's quite natural for people to be anxious over such a significant change you know, to their income situation and their work life as they make that transition into retirement. Right. And what I do know, though, is from our survey is that many people, though, as they approach retirement, have yet to really get a, a formal financial plan in place. And not having that formal financial plan can really contribute to that, you know, anxiety and a lack of confidence because you you won't have a solid understanding as to whether your money, you know, can be made to last, you know, very effectively throughout your retirement or whether there may be any shortfalls that you experience, uh, you could be experiencing over the you know, course of about maybe 20 or 30 years of retirement. Right. But when I think about financial plan and figuring out my retirement income sources, it gives me a bit of a headache. <laughs> Is it too complex to even think about it? Or how do, I, how do you help people like me <laughs> to get past that hurdle? Yes, it's a really good observation. I mean, it is actually quite a complex, you know, challenge for people in terms of really understanding all the different sources of income you have, whether it's your, you know, business pension, your government pension, you know, the income you may be generating from some of your investments or money that you're drawing for your investments to contribute to your total income. But the, it's really important, though, to get a good understanding of these factors to so make sure that you have the confidence that your money will last you know, throughout retirement and what you need to be withdrawing and supplementing, you know, your pensions to help you through those years. I think the good news is, though, that it is easier than ever for people to be able to do this and take the step. We now have technology available that, you know, our advisors take advantage of and leverage with their clients to really help them simplify this whole planning process. So as an example, we at RBC have my advisor and we've launched a new mm-hmm. in-retirement planning module that really helps people understand, you know, and project your single and multi-year, you know, income over the course of their retirement, you know, time frame. It also helps them sort of understand the money that will be coming in and going out during those years and allows us to be able to, you know, confidently say to them, you know, how, how they'll be able to hit the retirement goal and, you know, also notify if there's any risk of shortfalls or gaps during the their retirement years, which lets the client and the advisor really make a, a more robust plan for how they'll manage through those years. Absolutely have to speak with a financial advisor. But as our listeners are listening now, can you give us a couple of pieces of advice to help get better prepared for the financial aspects of life and retirement? Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly, again, not surprising to have some anxiety over this. As I want to stress for people, um, yeah. some tips, it's that, you know, it is easier than ever. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you are, you know, already in retirement or you're, you know, transitioning or thinking about transitioning into retirement. There's no better time than now to really speak with an advisor who can help you get that confidence. We have you know, so many more advanced ways of being able to helping you project your retirement financial situation over the course of many years that it can really help you walk out of the door feeling much more confident about your, your retirement and, and whether you'll have the money that you need to satisfy your lifestyle and in all of your needs in retirement. 
and help us sleep at night right now, right? <laughs> to get over some of that stress. Absolutely. So the one place we can start is right now is by going to rbcroyalbank.com slash retirement to get some more information and to set up those meetings with our financial planners. So I thank you so much, Rick, for joining us again today as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. Thank you very much, Kathy. Thanks. Take care. Minding, moving, mobility, this episode was maybe brought to you by the letter M. It was a marvelous episode with memorable guests. You might remember Annabelle from episode number eight of Go To Grandma when she took us through some mindfulness exercises. You can find that on the podcast. You can find all of our episodes on the podcast, which I hope you will look into. We have a long list of wonderful guests and important and fun topics you won't want to miss out on. Don't miss out next week when I talk to the author of one of my favorite book titles. Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? Best-selling author, documentary producer, University of Alberta professor, and Canada Research Chair Tim Caulfield joins me to talk about the spread of health misinformation, primarily in our social media world. It will be a fascinating discussion and hopefully arm you with tools to figure out fact from fiction. Following along the same lines, tech expert Avery Swartz returns to the show to talk about senior scams online, what's out there and what we should look out for, and honestly, what is the point of these scams? She'll give us three quick tips for things we can start doing right now to prevent getting scammed. We are closing off Earth Month with a discussion on RBC's approach to climate change, and we'll talk about what they're doing and what we can do as people and as organizations to affect real change. Once again, do I say this every time? It's a show you won't want to miss. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.